Hello, it is Wednesday, April 14th. Something big's going on, okay? Today's show is a very good one, yeah. but we are cooking some stuff over here. Can't thank you enough for joining us every single day. If you enjoy the show, by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. Got some great conversations. Will Zalatoris, Channing Crowder, Jordy Nelson, AJ Hawk. Let's have a day. Uh, we'll be back, Minyana. Let's get to this, Ty. What the hell is going on in the sports world? Justin Fields is having another pro day today. Wow, it's a big deal. Okay. Hey, listen. Okay. People from every team are going to watch Justin Fields' second pro day. This second pro day only happened because his last pro day happened to happen on the same exact day as Alabama's pro day, where not only Mac Jones was throwing, which automatically came into conversation, but also a bunch of other players in Alabama that are probably going to make it to the NFL. So teams said, excuse me, can we have another pro day in Ohio? And Justin Fields said, absolutely, I'll throw for whoever, whenever, however, you got to make it happen. We've come to that day. Every team is being represented basically by some heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. All the reporters are reporting it. They're like, big names from the Jets organization is traveling to Columbus today. They got the, the assistant to the director of the pro personnel scouting Whoa. department. Okay. Whoa. It felt like today we were learning a lot about titles and who the fuck is who in the NFL whenever they were describing who was going to Justin Fields Pro Day. Just know this. Allegedly, the Niners are going and very interested. And they're talking to his private QB coach on a weekly basis, asking questions about he and Trey Lance. David Lombardi at Lombardi himself. Okay. Okay. That's actually the yeah, the yeah. Lombardi. At Lombardi himself. I mean a lot of people, there's a lot of Lombardis that mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I know a lot of Lombardis. Like a lot. In not just Michael Lombardi nope. and his family. I'm talking about in Plum and in Pittsburgh, there are Lombardis oh. everywhere. Okay. This is Lombardi himself. The tweeted. original. Wow. This is David Lombardi. Holy yeah. hell. I love this guy. Paizo, I love what you're doing here. He says, please don't overreact to this. Okay? Immediately going to overreact it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew it. Please don't overreact to this. Whoa! Comma. Not even a dot, dot, or a dot, dot, dot. It was a comma, so let me just have this in a sentence with a pause here. But it's a nugget from Matt's story that I know will make a lot of you happy. Shanahan has been frequently calling John Beck, Justin Fields' private quarterback coach, parenthesis, who's also now working with Trey Lance, parenthesis, to ask about Fields. We're not going to overreact, but we are going to say, holy fuck, thought the Niners were taking Mac Jones. All of a sudden, now Justin Fields is potentially going number three overall. Wow. And why are the Jets even potentially going out to Ohio State if they are for the pro day today? Is, is he going number two overall? Or is everybody trying to get all the information, everything we've currently heard up to now is potentially bullshit? Yep. Feels like that sounds like bullshit. To a yep. T. <laughs> Who's going to do what? Shanahan's calling because Rappaport said, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport that said, look for Trey Lance to potentially be a sleeper in San Francisco yeah. as well. Now they move up to three. They trade a lot to move up to three. You assume they're going to get a quarterback. Everybody's assuming they're going to get a quarterback. Allegedly, Jimmy G is in their plans, but after this season, not so much. They want a kind of a mentor, mentee type situation with the quarterback. That's the way Shanahan operates. I guess I'm just telling you what has been reported. You move up to three, you think you have your your guy you want. Right. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. Maybe nobody knows about it. But can Justin Fields throw himself to the number three overall pick today? Oh. In a pro day setup, in shorts and a T-shirt, throwing balls against no defense and having no pressure on? Is he going to go up to number three? Maybe, because you know what? Zach Wilson threw his way into number two, locked mm-hmm. in at his That's pro right. day when he did the little scamper flick of the wrist. Cross thing. body. 
opposite hash. So all eyes are in Columbus, and all eyes look forward to April 29th, the first round of the NFL draft, where so many things could happen. So many trades could potentially take place. So many franchises could change the way the rest of the world looks at them on April 29th. There's so much hope. There's so much optimism for every team that's involved because they think they could potentially get a pillar for their franchise to take them to places they've never been before. And on the flip side, your team could draft somebody that you at home think to yourself, wow, we fucking stink. Every other team yeah. got better. We got worse today. What the hell is going on? That is why the draft, first round, most important, but it's so fascinating. That's why we will be having another live draft spectacular. Yeah! Hey, hey. Don't I am up to something other than uh -huh. the draft spectacular is happening. <laughs> right. Of course. But of course. I am up to something as well. Mm-hmm. By the way, there might have been a couple more clues that have been released. There, Ooh, really? Yeah, there might be one maybe potentially coming out later. There, okay, there might okay. be. I mean, there's a lot going on right now. But the April 29th first round draft spectacular where we will be live on YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show will be happening. And the guests that we are currently talking with for potentially coming on, big, massive, huge, huge. Hey, could be quite a. Uh, oh, yeah. A big one. Listen, last year. This dumbass office with our stupid suits mm -hmm. <laughs> and our willful ignorance on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Put on Draft Spectacular that had more concurrent views than the NFL had at one point on YouTube at during the first round of the draft. It's not too bad. Aaron Rodgers came. Now, granted, we had Aaron Rodgers on. That was very nice. But there is an actual screenshot of the YouTube lives on the head of the page, and it has us, and then it has the NFL. And for us, it's just my fat face at the time, and AJ, I was, I was on an upswing, I guess. I'm in much better shape now than I was Look last good. draft. Here we go. I'm pretty happy about that. And I always kind of see how my life is going whenever videos run from back in the day. It's like, whoa, off season. Oh, that's late in the season. Oh, that's beginning of season. <laughs> oh, there's May. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's June. Um, but there's a still shot where it's just me and AJ, and then there's uh, Kevin Hart, I think The Rock, Russell Wilson, everything else. We had like 70,000 concurrents. They had 63,000 concurrents or whatever. So for some reason, people watched last year. We hope those same people will. This year, we assume the show, it's not going to be better, but we will do the show again. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope you will join us. For sure. The surprise guests. Potentially massive. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. We can only operate off of what happens with the draft, which is why it's like a draft spectacular, because we are dependent upon what's going on in the draft to be electric. And for us, it took us seven hours in yeah. that first round. Yeah, just about. And we had a moment. <laughs> yeah. and it was when the Green Bay Packers, just a couple hours after Aaron Rodgers tells us on the show that, you know, hey, we don't have a first rounder, but we got a couple. Maybe we move up. Maybe I'd we get a, get a weapon. Weapon. I'd love one. Says it on draft night. Maybe I get a weapon or something like that. Says, you know, my dream is to be a Green Bay Packer forever. That's mm -hmm. early in the show or whatever. That's early in the draft. It's, it's, by the way, those are getting clipped by people running on the yeah. internet. Then the Packers do trade up into the first round. It's like, okay, here, here we go. go. Wow. Wide receiver heavy. Aaron was on earlier. Aaron potentially going to come back on, by the way. During had, the pick, he during, was going had, to. Had sent a text like, hey, uh, is there, if, you know, if, if a weapon gets ready, is there any way we can have it? He's like, yeah, I'm doing nothing, literally. Yeah, do whatever you got to do. So then all of a sudden, bang, trade up. They're doing it. 
Jordan Love gets drafted. Ooh. Send a text. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Ty, obviously, in his Mel Kuyper garb, yelling, God damn it, with the hate of a thousand suns coming through his <laughs> suck hole there <laughs> while he said it was so magical. And there's a chance something like that could happen again. There's a chance that some franchises could really make some moves this year. There's going to be a lot that's going to pop off. We're going to have great guests, and we cannot thank you enough for potentially watching and joining us on April 29th. At Boston Connor, uh, the Patriots potentially making moves. A lot of different drafts. Yeah. A lot of mocks out there. there. I think that's my least favorite thing in the whole football world. The mock draft. Mock trades. I mean, how do they don't know. The mock trade. It's impossible. Prediction. And I understand it's just fodder and everything like that. And it might be from a smart person that knows football. But I've seen draft day, dude. Yeah. Kevin Costner might get on the fucking horn. <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? With two seconds left in the draft. You never know. what's. Nobody has a clue what's going to happen in any of those things. But it seems like multiple people who have made some of these mock draft simulators. Yeah. How simulations like the digit dog walking out of that building yesterday. Right. They got analytics and computers doing all this shit. The Patriots are allegedly going to be a little active on draft night. Yeah. Do you feel that? Are you, are you potentially going to be disappointed when Bill does nothing on draft night because all these people are saying you're going to? No, because they are saying we're going to, I now know that it's more likely that we're going to trade back than it is that we're going to trade up. <laughs> and when you mention the Niners, all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, so we're going to take a corner at 15 or we'll trade back, take like a D3 safety wide receiver in the second round, and then we'll just go with Jimmy G next year. And we'll just do free agent quarterbacks until Archie Manning is back in the league and we'll take him and trade up for him. Smart. That's not a bad play. Just kind of do one year quarter, one yep. year deals or Who whatever. Who cares? Just one on top of the other. And you know how they say like uh, somebody's a diamond in a rough or something like yeah. that? Or like you don't have to draft them in the first round or second round. No. Because you know what? The, nobody can find it. It's like a needle. It, like nobody can find them. So the purpose of that is you can draft them later. Bill Belichick last year drafted somebody nobody had heard of Whoa. very early. Whoa. And he's a stud, right? Kyle Duggar. He's probably going to be first-team all-pro this year, Pro Bowl, all the accolades if I, I had to guess. I understand, but if we, I actually don't know if that's true or not. Did the guy play? Uh, yeah, he played. He played very well at the end of the year, too. We have a lot of confidence in Kyle, especially with Patrick Chung. Is this, the same, is this the same type of stud-em? No, 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 no. This is not a stud right. conversation. There, there is tape. You can watch it out there. Kyle Duggar tossing linemen around. He, he's a very very good player. Okay, okay. Sounds good. So it worked out. Guy was a good draft choice. Yeah. But I think no like the issue is on draft night, the biggest judgment is did they reach? Yes. Did yeah. you reach? Did you reach? Like for instance, depending upon who the Niners take, going all the way up to three, giving up with it, did they have to really go to three is gonna be the final outcome and you could judge it. And I guess if none of us know what's gonna happen, you have to kind of get as high as you possibly can to put yourself in a good position. But man, drafts are so fascinating for me. Now I it's tough to give a Fuck. Yep. About two to seven. And I was <laughs> I was picked number two twenty-two. I want to let you know. Yeah. But I'm not like a super all-in college fan. So I have no idea who any of these people are. And I've also seen a lot of draft picks come into a locker room and just stink and then just kind of go on their way, but also be highly talked about, highly hyped. It's very and I, I think we've talked to a lot of people. It is that have agreed on this. It is so hard to predict how somebody will be in the NFL. Yeah. It is just so hard. And I think that is another layer of why the draft is so damn entertaining. At Ty Schmidt, last year, the Green Bay Packers really shook some things up there. Yes, they did. 
six and a half, seven hours into that first draft, or first round of the draft, about one six, maybe one thirty a.m., two thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. They said, "Hey, there hasn't really been that big of a moment yet. Everything has kind of gone off according to plan. Let's go ahead and shake some shit up." So we appreciate them doing that. But what are the signs, or, or what are the chances you think of Green Bay really doing something good in this draft? You know, I don't know. I really don't. I mean. <laughs> They, I, th- I feel like they feel like they're much closer to, to being there and winning, so maybe they do think like, hey, whatever piece we're going to get in the first round is going to be enough to get us over the or, hump. Or they're thinking, hey, four years from now when Jordan's playing, this, yeah. this can be a great piece together. And that's the problem. I, I, guess, I guess we'll see how it shakes out because I feel like last year uh, we kind of knew, like outside of the Tua Herbert thing, we kind of knew how things were going to shake out. I feel like there are a lot more question marks this year with like where guys are actually going to go. I mean, it could all be bullshit and it could be chalk, but like, I'll be interested to see which guys fall to later, like where the Packers might have uh, an opportunity to pick a guy that maybe they didn't think was going to be there still. Yeah. I, and I think that is the, you know, cause last year they could have done that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, a few guys. They yeah. done that, but Justin Jefferson was very close mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Patrick Queen actually got picked after he did. Patrick hey, Hell player. Yeah. Um, he was on the show, wasn't he? No. Patrick He's supposed Ricard. to be. I think he had. No, uh, I thought he might have been. Asked. We, I thought he did. We yeah. did have Patrick Ricard as well. Did, I, did we have Patrick Queen on? I believe so. Wasn't he it's in the It's a good bathroom? conversation. Yeah, it had yeah. a good backdrop. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good conversation. Yep. Would have loved him as a Packer. Would have loved it. Would have been great. Anyways, he's a raven. Lock it down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of fits in well over there. But, man, he would have been great out there in Lambeau. But the, the, the draft night thought. And uh, we live in an instant gratification society. Oh, yeah. yeah. We live in a, hey, we need this right now. Back in the now. day, news used to happen, and people would wait until, like, the 7 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news to find out that it happened. Yeah. You know, Big things. Insane. Big, big things. You, you would not. Now it's like, we want to know now. We want to know why now. We want to know who now. We want to know how now. Uh-huh. That's what we want to do right now. We want everything right now. And in the draft, you have to have a little bit of respect, I guess, uh, I mean, I would never do it this way for the people who do draft for the future, like the Packers doing that Jordan yeah. pick. We have no idea how that pick is going to turn out to be, right? We we can guess because Aaron played MVP uh, football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Love was throwing the balls, missing nets. There was right. an ED, he didn't right. dress, you know what I mean? But three years from now, sitting behind Aaron for three years maybe, like Aaron had to do behind Brett, when they were calling Aaron the biggest bust or one of the biggest busts in football, whenever he won in, Chris Collinsworth, there's a clip, whenever he goes yeah. in against Dallas the same night, as I believe uh, Scott Stapp was playing some music. Something happened. Scott Stapp did something in uh, Jerry World down there. And, you know, Aaron had his hair flowing. Mm -hmm. And he told the story on here where he was like, something special is potentially going to happen tonight. He goes (laughs) in. The first thing that is said is like, um, basically, how long is Brett going to be out? Because you're not going to win football games with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Was basically the statement. And that was, what, three years into his career? Mm -hmm. So... It's so hard to predict who's going to be great. It's so hard to think when they're going to be great. But I guess there are teams, Packers obviously one of them, and I'm not sure who else, who are just preparing for the future so you can have continued success or whatever. But man, in the world that we live in now with the amount of money and attention that garners with every success that you have, I don't know how you keep having that mindset. I'm a let's win right the fuck now guy. Hey, we might die tomorrow. Did we ever think oh, about yeah. that? Hey, this quarterback might get hurt next week. Hey, this head coach that we absolutely love, he might not be able to coach ever again here in like two weeks. I'm, it, 
whatever reason. I don't know how people have that long-term mindset, but you got to remember there's people playing chess out there and not checkers, and, and I guess that's the, the difference between me and most of those folks. Well, and I mean, shit, I'll have to eat my words more than just about anyone. if Everybody will. Yeah, yeah, exactly, when it, comes, when it comes to that time. But I think, I mean, going back to it, like the, the two situations, the fact that they traded up when they knew Rodgers was like – I was I was young yeah, at the time. Yeah, that trade up I, was bullshit. Exactly. Aaron fell. He fell to them. They were, a lot of people were saying whether it was you know him or Alex Smith at number one, and it just like well, so that means they weren't interested in any of the quarterbacks this year's draft then, right? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, one if they of, trade up to get Jordan, yeah, the story like, was we can't get another Jordan Love in the future. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. They were enamored with him. Couldn't believe he fell that far, and it's like okay, if we don't get him now, you know, he was the high. I think he was the highest guy rated on their board at the time. And and then back in the day, if somebody ran very fast, they were going to go to the Raiders top yep. pick yep. out get of him. nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just somebody gets like infatuated. All you need is one. By the way, that's like the old saying, you know, in the NFL. All you need is one billionaire, one GM interested. It's much better if there's two of them. But all you need is one. Now, if all 32 are in, great. Yeah. Great news if everybody's in there. All you need is one. Much better if there's two. That's why you see some deals happen where you're like, how did uh, old buddy get that much? Like, well, there must have been two teams interested in this entire thing. It's just the draft is fascinating. And I never thought as I was as a player, I hated it because the draft was meaning one of my friends was probably going to get cut. Right. Hell of a run, dude. You're just watching there like, well, there's your replacement. There's my fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. You're a really cool teammate. Nice knowing you. I'm probably never going to see you again. Yeah. We'll run into each other somewhere, I assume. You're awesome, though. Have a good one. He's like, yeah, business. I get it. Yeah. It was a good run, wasn't it? This guy's going to stink, too, by the way. (laughs) Good luck. Probably. Probably have a good one out there. But that's what the draft was. Now, as a fan and obviously somebody that's had to be knee-deep in this bullshit coverage of it here over the last couple months, I'm, like, very excited to see it kind of happen. Well, and that's why it's so tough being a Patriots fan because, you know, you said rounds two to seven. Who cares? Really, the Patriots draft doesn't start till round three. I mean, rounds three to seven are where we find our guys. Used to. You know? Yeah, used to. Yeah, you used to have such a late pickle at them. Oh, yeah. Well, no, used I'm, I'm saying that I mean? that's where Belichick zeros in, the no, first and, and second And rounds. Bill Polling used to do that as well. Yeah. He's like, Bill Polling was good at finding the diamonds in the rough and everything like that. Robert Mathis, Gary Brackett, things of that nature mm-hmm. in the entire squad. And it was like, yeah, but they were drafting so late in the first round. They had to do like that type of scouting all the yeah. time because when you have success, you're a first rounder, but it's – I mean, early second round, they say it's a late first round or whatever. Those are bad teams that are getting those picks there. So it's like the teams that have a lot of success, I think, are better at scouting the middle of the pack because they're actually spending a lot more time on that type of shit as opposed to like, okay, what are the top 15 guys doing? Because like Mike Tomlin said, I don't ever want to lose enough games to be able to draft somebody that looks like you is what he said to Chase Young or whatever. That's a real – I would assume that is potentially why – some teams are better in the middle, and those seem to be the teams that are very, very good. By yeah, the way. and that's why there is some thought of the Patriots trading up because you don't know when they will have this high of a pick, especially because of you know we go seven and nine, and then Belichick spends two hundred million dollars in free agency. Like, when will we be at fifteen that high again? By the way, hilarious to think that fifteen is so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. The Lions are back there, like, hey, I, listen, <laughs> another single digit pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another single Woo! digit. This is the best we time did. of the year to be a Lions fan, right? I already forgot about last season. We got a new coach. We got a new staff. And we got another top 10 pick. I got good news for you, too, as a Lions fan. What's that? Their players this morning just announced they are boycotting OTAs. Oh, hey, nice. Hey, hey. There's a new coach. I want to get better. That'll work out. <laughs>
that worked out. We can't do that, by the way. I know, I, I apologize. We can't do that. Right. Because players might be getting better than they've ever been working alone, working by themselves like they did last year. Yep. A lot of players said they enjoyed the ramp up period, the OTAs, where it's four to five or like six to seven weeks of high intensity. Then you're off for three and a half weeks. Then you're back to high intensity. A lot of people's bodies didn't really handle that as well as they handled last year. That's why the guys went virtual meetings. But a lot of those young guys, it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt and overcome over the years uh, that we got. Justin Jefferson was able to do it, almost won a goddamn yeah. MVP. Yeah. There's a lot of rookies that were able to pull it off. Those special teams guys, though, the backup linebackers, the backup running backs, the guys that are doing those things that are rookies, I think it's going to be tough to get them involved. But, hey, can't learn it virtually. Don't want you on a squad. That's yeah. right. How That's did, what the players were saying. How did teams with the first-year coaches uh, do last year after the no, the no training camp or the no OTAs? Was it not good? Well, I know, Matt, I know the Panthers have a top-ten pick. Uh, uh, that, that's the only one off the top of my head that I can think of. Washington? Was it Rivera's first year? Rivera's first year. Hey. They went, they, damn, they won a playoff game. Yeah, it's Heineken, but that was in the NFC East, and he did not win a lot of games. <laughs> and you were still under 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. True. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Could be tough up there for MCDC. Might be. But I want to let you know that NFLPA-NFL battle over the OTAs thing is going to it's gonna be something. Heating up. There's already players that are saying, uh, listen, like uh, Brandon King, who's up in New England, is a special teamer. He said, if Bill's telling me to come in, uh, I'm I'm going to come into it. I'll be there. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of I'm people. Like, by the way, there's a special teamer, which is exactly what I was referring to there. There's going to be guys who are like, hey, this is my only opportunity to get a job here. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I am I have to go. And then the NFLPA is going to be like, well, it'll be if you get good at football and you make this league, what we're talking about is going to be a lot better. And they're all thinking, oh, I'm just trying to make the league. Yeah. yeah. So there's always going to be a split. That's when a CBA happens. That's when that whole thing happens. The OGs are like, listen, if you make it in this league, you're immediately going to come to our side. And they say, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And they got people saying, you got to do this just to make it. And it's just like, who wins there? I'll tell you who wins every single time. The PR, which is always this side. The old rich players that have made the NFL what it is for a long time and are the faces of the NFL and have been there, done that with the NFL. Those are the ones who are always like, oh, spoiled, entitled. It's like, really? <laughs> they just garnered, okay. the way they played football, they just garnered a $110 billion deal. So let's have a little bit of respect. A little. But on the other side, I can also, I wanted to go to the facility to kick whenever I was yeah. there. That's where I got to meet guys. It's, this is hot. This is heater, bro. Well, especially in New England, Cats too. Cats in Mr. Neighborhood. Belichick will give your job to an undrafted nobody if you're not showing up. Coming live from the heartland, USA. Where dreams go to die and your friends get sent away. Working to survive, nine to five every day. Spend your paycheck up at Walmart and Chick fil A. Welcome back. That's David Morris. That's not Chet Hanks. It's not Chet Hanks. This is not Chet Hanks. But this is somebody who will be celebrating White Boy Summer. You went to school in West Virginia. This song is called Live from the heartland good for him he makes a, a banger for every year or so old he used to be called dy now he's david morris Ooh. he and i graduated the same year from west virginia he used to do shows and clubs and things like that D -Y. he used to get Talent. after it 
I enjoyed him. I always enjoyed him a lot. Yeah, it's a banger right there. Yeah, he was a singer at one point too. I think he could sing. He's just super musically talented guy. Shout out to him. Joining us right now is a man who will be able to talk about all things happening in the NFL and in the life. The I Am Athlete podcast that he sits alongside Brandon Marshall, Ocho Cinco, Fred uh, Taylor, and who else? I think that's it. I'm not 100% sure. I think that's it. But it is incredible to listen to. We had Brandon Marshall on two weeks ago. His conversation was electric. I assume the exact same thing is going to happen right now. Former linebacker of the Miami Dolphins and the Florida Gators, ladies and gentlemen, Shannon Crowder. Yeah! What up, dude? What's going on, baby? Hey. What's hey. hey, Pat. Yeah. On the when's white boy summer. I've never been invited to white boy summer. Man, <laughs> listen, let me tell you. What we got to do is we got to go down to Jamaica. We got to pick up a fake accent called Chet Hanks, and we're su- we are living, rude boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are living. Uh, Channing, thank you so much for joining us, man. I'm a fan of your work. That I Am Athlete podcast is some of the coolest shit that has hit the internet in a long, long time. So congrats. Appreciate it, man. You know, I love you too, man. Watch you all the time, bro. You're a talented dude. But yeah, man, a couple boys got together. We said, hey, we sit around the pool drinking beer with our kids every damn weekend. How about we put some cameras up? And it blew up, bro. So I'm enjoying it. Be Mars, Fred T. Ocho, we having a good time. Yeah, it's incredible content. The conversations are electric. Every single time you guys put a show out, it gets clipped everywhere. So thank you for doing that for all of us in the uh, sports world. Let's talk a little bit about your career and things that you have said in the past. Um, the first thing I want to get to is you, there's a headline we searched, obviously. We go, uh, Channing Crowder, you come on, like, thing. You said The Rock wasted his goddamn money with the XFL. <laughs> Channing, everybody wants to know why you hate the XFL. You, you, you don't like The Rock. I would like to learn a little bit more about this statement. And how do you feel about a developmental league of some sort having to happen at some point, don't you think? Yeah, the developmental league makes sense, man. I have, I love the Rock to death. I, you know, I raise a baby with the Rock. That's a good-looking man. <laughs> watched him, watched him when he was the Rock, and now doing, you know, doing all the movies and stuff. Love the Rock, but we've tried it. They've tried this, man. They've tried the XFL, the what was the other one, AAF, and all that stuff. It's not top-quality football. It really isn't. If you are a top-quality player, as y'all know, you're gonna be in the NFL. If you, that, that developmental thing, bro, college is to develop guys. How many guys literally come out the AAF or XFL in the past and went to the league and balled and really changed the league? I, the concept is great. It's just failed so many times that I really think he's wasting his money. Oh, man, you stumped me there with the question, mm-hmm. actually. I was trying to run through the AFL, and the only thing I could think of was that first week where that one guy got fucking murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The AFL had that one guy get killed, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, they're going to be a success because there's big hits here. Then in the XFL... Tommy Maddox. Ta- hey, yeah, Tommy Maddox. Come on. Hey, listen, Tommy Maddox, Channing. Have a little bit of respect <laughs> for Tommy Maddox. Uh, we're talking to Channing Crowder. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry, uh, Tommy. Hey, why do you think it is so hard, by the way, the the disparity between a good player and a great player, right? And, and I think this is something that, you know, listening to I Am Athlete podcast, and I hope I get to shine a light on too, like what you're doing in between the years in the situation you're in is much bigger deal. There's a lot of people that can run. There's a lot of people that can tackle. Why do you think it is so hard for some people to make the transition? We're staring down the draft right now. A lot of these dudes ain't going to make it. That's just how it is. And there's a lot of conversation. Why do you think that is, Channing? Because the, the, the physical thing, the physical side, working out, you know, all the all stuff, the God-given ability, being, you know, six foot three, 250, and running a 4'5", there's people that can do that. Like Usain Bolt is the fastest human ever. 
if he got on the football field, his ass is getting knocked the hell out because <laughs> it's just so much more to it. And that's what people say, bigger, stronger, faster. You remember them damn workouts, Pat? Bigger, stronger, faster, bigger, stronger, faster. You got to know what the hell you're doing. You're playing against the best athletes in the world. Like, in high school, bro, I didn't get touched by alignment. Went to UF, two years, two All-SEC, all two years, All-American. Like, it was easy. You got to that league. Them damn linemen started. They were dance, they were ballerinas at 360. <laughs> you have to know what he's doing. You have to know when the splits are cut. You got to know, you know, the, the mental side of the game. And it gets harder and harder. You're As a linebacker, bro, I'm competing against Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. And Sean, you know, McVay and those guys, because they're trying to scheme you up being the duck. They're trying to get a damn tight end or running back on me. So you're going against the best football minds in the world, and you have to perform physically. That's why it's the 1% of the 1%. And you're not the 1% of the 1%. So we're going to make up some leagues to make it the 3% of the 3%. <laughs> it's, it's, bro, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I love football. I would love to have football year-round. I would love to have those leagues work out. I watch those secondary leagues, oh, and the it. shit is boring. Boy. <laughs> Channing, I was on a sideline commentating one, and I was like, oh, man, this is – it's hard for me to watch. Just like, for instance, it's hard for me to watch college football, even, even though college football is very good, because I literally had a front row seat to – elite football every single day and whenever you watch them it's like i feel like i'm watching a high school football game right like i literally feel like i'm watching a high school football game i've actually said before and it might be a dumb comment but i feel like i could potentially with how defenses are in college and with what you said their offensive lineman didn't even touch you in the sec which is the best thing which is why i obviously got drafted and had success in that thing i think at this point in my stage with my football iq in those colleges i think i could potentially be a heisman finalist at quarterback and i that should not happen okay that should that should not be the case. I'm just saying, like, there's just levels to this shit. And when you get to the NFL, it is a different level. You got to experience something with the Dolphins that I think is very, very fascinating. I believe Saban was your coach down there, right? Saban is going to be – he's going to go down, down as top coach of all time for college football, one of the greatest coaches of all time in all sports and everything like that. He did not work in the Miami Dolphins organization. Urban Meyer now goes to Jacksonville, and I think this is potentially an Urban Meyer to Nick Saban. I, I, may, like, I think this is something that he did want to accomplish. Why was Saban not a good NFL coach, and do you think that Urban potentially is going to do well or fail as an NFL coach? First off, the, the X and O's of Nick Saban, bro, the man's a genius. The man, he knows football. Like, between the lines, he'd tell us, he'd tell us why the offense is out there. He would tell the defense. He, and this is how he talked to people. And this is kind of the reason why the second part of your question, he didn't make it. He wouldn't come up and say, hey, Crowder, they're going to go trips. You know, the bat's going to be offset. They're going to throw a screen weak side on third down, make the tackle, shoot the B gap, and we'll get off the field. He'll come up. Hey, they're throwing at you. They don't trust you. I don't trust you. They're going to throw a weak screen because you're over there. And if you make the tackle, then we'll get out of the field. If you don't make the tackle, then we're fucked. Like, that's how he talked to grown men. And, bro, I've um, I seen Zach Thomas cuss his ass out. Keith Trailer cuss him out. Junior Seau cuss him out. Because you talk to a grown man that way, Pat, and, and you know, like, he said something to, you know, Zach. He was like, I just, just call the fucking black hole. And Zach looked at him and was like, man, who the hell you think you're talking to? <laughs> like, I built this damn organization, you know? So that's what the, the X and O of it, and Urban, to Urban's point, the X and O of it, I think a lot of college coaches can go in here and scheme up defenses and offense. I really, I love Urban. Urban got my Gators two national championships. I love Urban. 
But to get to the NFL, you got to humble yourself and have people skills with grown-ass, rich-ass men. He walked into a Jason Taylor that probably had $150 million in the bank. You're not going to call me and talk to me like a little boy when I'm sitting on 150 and I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer, 12-time Pro Bowler. You can go to hell, little dude. So I know everybody heard the story of Dante Culpepper. He, Dante, he ran up on Dante, and Dante said, you better get your short ass out of my motherfucking face. <laughs> the, 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 the college side of it, you can be a dictator. When you're a you run everything. Hey, you in college, be- you run everything. Workouts, study hall, meals, classes, practices, year-round, everything. And by the way, you don't do it, we got a scholarship for somebody else. In the NFL, and I, this is my exact take on everything in – Thank you for saying what you just said down there in Miami because the thought, I just had a couple of thoughts of big, handsome-ass Jason Taylor. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Man. Like the, <laughs> but the thought of it is, in the NFL, guys, grown men, to your point, in high school, the football coach has a higher football IQ than everybody. Okay, So what he says, you need to listen to me. College, same thing. I gave you the scholarship. You're here. I know football better than you. Let me teach you this thing. In the NFL, there's some guys that have been around football 20 years that are still playing in the NFL. They're like, hey, my football, I I understand you've been around football because you're older than me, maybe a little bit longer, but I've been around football at a very high level too. There needs to be a little bit of a peer conversation here as opposed to, uh, and I think that is why some people just absolutely fail miserably in the NFL. I, I don't, I don't know Urban well enough to know whether or not he's going to get that right or not, you know? Yeah, yeah. If he, if he humbles himself, because I left, I actually left UF because Urban came in. I was a Ron Zook. They fired Zook. I, I wanted to hit it. I, I was chasing money. We talk about it on the podcast. These guys talk about greatness and Hall of Fame and this. Bro, I knew how much my check was going to be after taxes every single game. <laughs> I'm going to make – this week they're giving me $27,000. They're giving me $71,000. I would know before the game how much I'm making that Sunday. And people are taking – a lot of people are taken back by me saying that, but I'm real. Brandon wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. Ocho wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. Fred wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. I wanted to get millions of dollars so that I can get a big-ass fishing boat, hang out all day, raise my kids, and have a good time. That was my <laughs> Hey, so I had a, a conversation with a coach, actually, when I was in the NFL. He came in. He was like an assistant or whatever. He was a little bit younger. And he, uh, he you know, he seemed like he was flustered. And he was yelling at people. And I like, I, I went to him and I, I like almost had a conversation with him. Like, hey, like you can't, like, I think the way you're handling things, like you can't, like that's not, I think it's not your best interest to be talking the way you're talking to people. I think, you know, this way with this guy is like, I think that's a good conversation to have with coaches, especially I feel like if they maybe have known you before or whatever, they come in. And uh, he goes, oh, this guy doesn't love football. He's only in it for the money. I was like, who cares, dude? Hey, I want to let you know, like, it doesn't matter what he's in it for. He's still in it, okay? So if his passion is success so his entire family can be set up, okay, just act as such. Like, that is what he is here for. By the way, he might not be on his team for more than three weeks. So to think, like, he wants to, to think he wants to, oh, he loves the Colts. He'll die for the Colts. Like, not you want people like that? Not everybody's going to be like that. Coach accordingly. And I think that is just kind of the offset from the way media kind of covers things and the expectation is from the fans from real life. A lot of guys get cut. A lot of guys are gone. A lot of guys have missions. A lot of guys, as long as they have a why, who gives a fuck what it is? Oh, hell yeah. Bro, when um we went one and fifteen with Cam Cameron's silly ass, goofiest goof, Cam Cameron was the goofiest coach in the history of football. <laughs> Goofy as hell. We were one and fifteen. They come back next year, bro. I think 18, 18 of the 60 guys, the you know, the roster guys in the practice squad, 18 of us made it. 
I looked around at that point. I'm like, bro, I got to get this bread because my ass is next. They cut JT. <laughs> they cut Zach. They cut Junior damn Seau. When they cut Junebug, that's when I said, oh, yeah, this is different because I'm not on that level. My ass is next to go. That's the thing. And fans do, too. Fans, honestly, they love. They have the passion for the team. And I, I love fans. That's what makes the game is fans. But if... If my mortgage statement's late, are these these fans that love me and bought my jersey gonna cash at me some bread? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, my kids eat. My son is big as hell. He needs a lot of protein. You know, he needs Give me a couple damn churrascos. I don't think so, Pat. So that midline, high schools, camaraderie, play for your city. College, play for the school. NFL, bro, you are an LLC. I was Channing Crowder LLC. You were Pat McAfee LLC. And if that business wasn't performing, they were going to get rid of your ass just as fast as they drafted or signed. By the way, instead of being a limited liability corporation, I was an Inc. So it was actually Pat McAfee Inc., which is what we are now. And I was then. That is actually, that is actually, that is actually what it was, Channing. Uh, man, I fucking love you, dude. Thank you for coming on today, man. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, Channing. Recently on the I Am Athlete Pod, your guy Brandon Marshall kind of mixed up a couple uh, details about NBA contracts. Hey, big mad. Yeah, big mad. Do in the middle of that thing. Did you let him know, or did you just have him log on to Twitter? and find out like the rest of us how the contracts actually work bro we argued that night i googled that night right as soon as the cameras went up i'm like look b and he he was hot now he was fire hot because he got his big ass up looking like a fucking velociraptor screaming and yelling the veins and all that shit coming out his neck and he was feeling like b look look and he was too frustrated that night to talk I don't we're texting later on I'm sending him screenshots of these damn websites. It's getting how worse. Many, how, many, how many players have no guaranteed contracts in the league? They went through all 30 teams. There was no guy without a guaranteed contract currently on the roster. I'm like, B. He was like, oh, call my uh, neighbor's Rajah Bell. I'm cool with you, Donis Haslam. He's like, call your friends. I say, B, I just talked to Google, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what's going on. Look at this. So last episode, he kind of pulled back a little bit, but... Yeah, we, you know, it's like the locker room, man. And I said, and B even talked about it on the show. He got a little sensitive. We were talking a lot of trash, messing around with him. And he got in his feelings a little bit and took it out on me. I was waiting for his big ass to come around the edge of that table because I had my left foot in the ground and I had that right straight ready to oh, go. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were good? Yeah, yeah. You got you to get that plant foot, get that plant foot. As long as you got that left foot in the ground, you can throw that right. <laughs> Uh, the locker room is a place that everybody, you know, whenever they retire, that obviously the, the checks are something they miss and the opportunity to do things that are, you know, great stories. But the locker room is always something that people miss out on. I'm very lucky to have a group of dudes that kind of get it around me, you know, that understand like the banter. And I think that is why the I Am Athlete podcast is so good, man. It's like a trip back in there. And I mean, you guys, you guys take ventures now. Like we're big mad. We're laughing. I think I saw some tears in some episodes. I mean, it is. You guys are fucking awesome down there, man. And I can't thank you enough for joining us here today. Oh, man, thanks for having me. And that, 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 that dynamic is what I think just, you know, on a little bit serious note, what, what dudes need, what men need. Like, you need men to be around you. Like you said, you got your boys. I got my homeboys. I got, you know, a bunch of dudes I, 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 lo I love and grew up with live in Miami now. 
So I got my boys that are gonna tell me when I'm when I'm fucking up or when I'm saying something crazy or if I get too big time when I got my second contract and the Dolphins gave me a number of millions of dollars. Ooh. I remember my boy being like being like Crowder. Bro, stop buying bottles. We ain't gonna drink no damn three bottles. <laughs> My friends are gonna pee in the bed. Like if you drink three bottles of liquor, everybody's gonna pee in the bed that night. <laughs> so my boys we need to like, relax. We need to relax. in the club. Let's go sit by the bar like we used to. We'll drink some drinks by the bar, holler at some girls, see if we can get a little, you know, a little post-club fun. But don't change. And I think that's what honestly, like me, Brandon, Fred, Ocho, and I, we hang out. Me and Brandon's kids play tennis together, play baseball together, like, we're friends, we're, we're tight. And that's the thing, man, have some dudes that aren't on a payroll. Have some dudes that aren't hanging on, they got their own, they own shit, but they are real friends to you and gonna tell you, bro, that's cool. Oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. Oh, no, nah, that don't make no damn sense, bro. Like, you need some real, some real ones around. I call them real ones. You need some real ones around you, and that's really what the I Am Athlete Podcast is, is a bunch of big male lions. You know how it is in the locker room, oh, yeah. male, territorial lions sitting down having conversations that everybody has in the locker room everybody has at the bar everybody has on the back porch but just letting the world see it that these alpha males can argue can fight like you say can cry and we're going to sit there and we're going to accept those emotions and we're going to just talk and be cool that's what life's about and i think that's what we're articulating the best with the i am athlete pop i think you explained it perfectly there and the the thought of you saying you describe it as real ones, that's the biggest compliment you can give somebody in the NFL, right? Like when somebody comes into a locker room from another locker room and you ask like, hey, what's this dude like? And they're like, oh, you're a real one or whatever. It's like, okay, all right, here we go. We know exactly, we know exactly what's showing up in the locker room. Hey, we know exactly what's coming. And then it, that's why there's a lot of people that talk, you know, I'm, as the world is starting to grow a little bit. I always wonder what former teammates say about the person before I like really do anything else. I, I'm always like, I want to know what like other people say before we take said person serious. I would like us to at least understand how he was taken by other people that he had to kind of go through that locker room and that entire thing with, because it's a special place, man. I, I, I said this, you know, as the world was kind of separating even more than it ever has in the past. And I'm not the only person that's ever said this, obviously, but like the locker room, is this melting pot of just people from everywhere, every place, every background, every religion. Then you kind of come together and try to, you know, we're all going towards one goal, right? So it's a Super Bowl and the, the amount of shit talk that is in there and the things that are said to get to that and, and kind of embrace that whole thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, I, and I, I really appreciate you guys making it available for people in that show. Ty has a question for you, too, before we get out of here. Sorry, Channing. Channing, having played for the Dolphins and being down there, I know they had a little bit more success last year, but do you think they're ever going to get it right? Like, are they ever going to get to that point where that seems like we've been waiting for 40 years for them to get back to? Yeah. yeah. Once Marino retired, that shit was done. <laughs> <laughs> I played, you know, I played with, bro, I played six years with the Dolphins. I think I played for 10 quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not a successful thing. That whole, the 1985 Bears shit, the 2000 Ravens, 02 Bucks, that defensive 17 to 6 game, man, that shit is gone in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Gotta put points on the board. Hopefully, two is that guy. I'll tell you this. I, I, I love Brian Flores. Talk to Brian Straight edge guy, smart football dude. I, I think Brian Flores is the answer. Chris Greer, the GM, is who has to do it. 
He's been doing his thing, moving around. You saw what he did with San Francisco and, you know, jumping from three to 12, 12 back to six. Like, Chris is doing his thing, but he's the one that has to buy these damn groceries so Flores can, can flourish in this league. <laughs> can make so a meal. This is going to be, this is gonna be a big-ass year for him. With all these draft, over the next two years, we have, you know, three, four first rounds. We got, you know, dozen, a couple dozen draft picks. That's what it is. I love the coach and people talking about the organization and the culture. Everybody talks about culture. You need players to play football. Like, but there's no coach. Nick Saban's smart ass. Bill Belichick's smart ass. I haven't seen him make one tackle. I haven't seen him score one touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You have to acquire pieces and put their ass in a situation to be successful. And that's on Flores and Greer. But to answer it simply, I do believe I had to bet money, and I'm a gambling man. I I gamble every single night. Yeah, Bovada, I got all of it. Yeah, I would put money that this Dolphin team is going to continue to ascend because of how they're built. They're building it right now. They're not trying to go buy a Indomitian Sue for 100 million. Go buy a Mike Wallace for 100 million. Bring in Dante Culpepper in his career and all that silly shit we did in the past. They're drafting players. They're sticking with players. They're adding free agent pieces. Like, like the good teams do, and like I believe that Brian Flores learned in the league. I do like that Chris Greer went to the grocery store, grabbed some groceries, uh, went back to the house, and then he grabbed the Cal Van Noy tomato and said, get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> See, See you later. We bought it. We want it. What's that? I said, get, get him out of there. And I like that, too. I hate with, oh, no. Well, you just signed him. Hold on to him. If he doesn't fix your shit, get rid of him. Okay. <laughs> See, you know, that's 10 quarterbacks in six years. That's what people are talking about. You know, like turnover. Like, hey, maybe we – who knows? Uh, Nick, what do you have? Channing, uh, Pat was talking about the camaraderie and, and the team and everybody in the locker room coming together and everything. Uh, when you got into the infamous uh, war of words with Rex Ryan when he was the Jets coach, oh. were guys in the locker room gassing you up for that? Or was that all you just like, nah, I'm sick of this dude talking. I'm going to let him have it. I got sick of it. What started actually was I saw I'm, I'm riding to a golf tournament and I saw, you know, I'm listening to sports radio. I'm a sports radio nerd. I'm a, you know, a podcast and all that crap. So I'm listening. He's like, yeah, we, we won the off season. I'm like, you won the, I didn't win the off season. Get out of here. And I already, I already like to talk shit. So then coincidentally that same day, there was media out there, and somebody asked me about it. Oh, you heard what Rex Ryan said? And I said, yeah, congratulations, you won the offseason. But, you know, there's no Super Bowl trophy given now. And so then we started going back and forth. Bro, the, to, your, to your question, the team, they loved it. Oh, yeah. They loved that. that they were, like, proud of it. We know because everybody knows I talk shit. I got in fights on the field, you know, a bunch of guys. But, like, they, there were guys, Leonard Davis, the guard from the Dallas Cowboys, chased me around for, like, a quarter. <laughs> And I would try to put Zach over there. Zach, get on the left. He said, no, you pissed him off, CC. You get your hands over there. <laughs> Paced me around for a quarter because I, I said some choice words about some – I do research on guys. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys, yeah, so yeah. I said some choice words, and he got, he got upset with chasing me around. Me and Matt Light, we fought on the field because I found some information out about him. But so now, so now I went – to the coaching side, and my teammates were like, they loved it, but they were like, bro, your ass is crazy. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. I was yeah. like, what is it going to do? Like, what's going to happen? Rex Ryan's going to what? Run the ball straight at me and try to teach me a lesson? Okay, I'll make the tackle. Like, I didn't see why like, people were scared. Of. I said, the hell with that. The hell with Rex, the hell with the Jets. I already didn't like the Jets, so I didn't give a damn about none of them. When he says... I've walked over tougher people than Channing Crowder to get to a fight before. Made you laugh a little bit. A pretty good line. I mean, pretty good line from Rex. Oh, yeah. He, he knows how to talk trash. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Actually, it's crazy to say. My mom 
saw him somewhere after that. And he actually said something to my mom. About my mom went up to him like, I'm Channing Crowder's mother. And he was like, oh, I love your son. <laughs> he kind of pulled back. And he, at the end of the interview, he even said it. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me laugh so this guy doesn't kill me. But yeah, man, think about it. Think about it. If you hit Rex Ryan with two blows to the body, okay. he's going to curl over. Right. over. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah. You know, like, so, so I like it. I do appreciate a good trash talk. It was fun. My teammates enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, the media made something of it. But I love it. I, I don't give a damn. Why would I? Hey, and by the way, I bet Rex absolutely loved the opportunity as well. <laughs> I mean, he's I, getting a chance to meet him here in the last couple of years. Electric. He'd be great on the I Am Athlete podcast, actually. It'd be a great conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Channing Crowder. Thank yeah! you. People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that Testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. In the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can a, get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I That's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? maca, what? and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. Yay! AJ, you and this man shared the same uh, landscape in real estate on Sunday. He was with his caddy and millions of people watching at home. You were wandering all by yourself, lost in a crowd, lost from your crowd, meandering around like a Neanderthal. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, primetime golfer legendary human meme on the internet and i believe he came in second at the masters ladies Ooh. and gentlemen will zalik yeah! oh, 
How are you, buddy? Oh, my God. I love it. Thanks, guys. I'm a massive fan. Hey, Will, we're a big fan of yours, too. You don't have to lie to us to begin this conversation, <laughs> but I do appreciate you saying that. Will, I want to let you know that learning about you this weekend was fantastic. How I learned about you exactly was via a Nick Moraldo tweet, okay? So Nick Moraldo tweeted out, obviously, picture of you and you know, Happy's caddy, okay? And he said, cool, it went viral. But what had happened was immediately upon it going viral is the golf community was like, oh, real original joke. <laughs> so I guess this has been something that's been around for a long time. Your golf career, I think you just got introduced to a lot of people this weekend, whether it was meme or by your incredible play. How did we get here? And why did I not know who the hell you were, Will? You're electric out there. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Yeah, the uh, Happy Gilmore caddy, uh, reference, I guess, has been going on since I was like 17. And I thought it was funny because I had long hair back then. And then I cut it really short for a few years. And then I was like, you know what the hell with it? We got COVID. I'm not going to get a haircut. I'll, I'll let it grow out. And then all of a sudden, I win a tournament and finish well in the open. And all of a sudden, all of the references are coming back. And then, you know, having Adam Sandler tweet at me, it was oh. like, what the hell just happened the last two years? <laughs> Legendary, dude. Hey, what, what's it like now? So I was out there. I got to follow you on Sunday for a long time, which I don't know if you could feel it, but the crowd was like growing as every you obviously you came out of the gates hot with two birdies and I'm sitting there in the crowd. I think I was on three and everyone's talking about you coming up to the tee and they're all running. Like, could you feel like all of that momentum gaining that you kind of took with you from the start? Yeah, no, I mean, I just it was really cool just because it's like all these guys were, you know, making happy Gilmore references, uh, Owen Wilson references, you know, guys rude me on in between shots. Um, but it was that, it was like that all day. So it was just fun to feed off of it. I could tell as the underdog and a lot of people were rooting for me. And I, I, I wish I could have slowed the day down a little bit, but I also found out that I now have like 47 different variations of my last name too. So that was kind of fun to, did I say too. it right? Did I say it right? Oh, no, you got it right. No, it was just funny hearing, like, hey, there's that Zalatteris kid or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I was like, man, I've been a rookie, for, like, for 10 events now. It's like, at least maybe get that one right. Well, I, I did you – now that I just learned that you're a rookie, by the way. I, I By the way, this is – I knew your name, though. Hey, fucking knew your name. <laughs> okay, so get off my ass, golf community or whatever. The Did you wonder how you would potentially perform at that set? Like, going into golf – yeah, everybody knows it's a massive head game. Like, hey, this is yeah. in between the ears. A lot of people can hit millions and millions of people every single day try to hit golf balls. And then there's only people that make money off of this thing. Did you have that wonder of like, okay, Master Sunday, crowd around me, in contention. Did you ever wonder to yourself, how will I perform in that situation? Or is it just another day in the on the golf course for you? Yeah, I, I mean, it was... Uh... I thought Saturday actually kind of set me up for Sunday because it's like I hadn't been in a final group on the PGA Tour yet, but I had contended in a couple of events. Um, and Saturday was kind of the day where it was like, you know, it's I it meant a little bit more to me than it probably did for a couple other people just because I wanted to see how I handled it. And I was standing on the first tee and I looked at my caddy and I was like, I'm not trying to put down the masters here but it's like i thought i'd be more nervous oh <laughs> yeah like i and i i don't know if it's just like the preparation meets opportunity type thing but i knew that i was like man we're gonna be in for some fun this weekend and then you know sunday being four back going in the last round it was like you know 
weapons free boys i mean we're firing at everything let's go let's go <laughs> after this and birding one and two that that was to me kind of like the okay yeah we need to uh we're, we're in this thing and i i think i was like five or six back going into amen corner and i needed to birdie 13 at least to give myself a chance and then i didn't realize uh hideki had knocked in the water on 15 which then I heard the groans, but I didn't think that it was him just because I saw, I was walking up 17, which is right next to it. And uh, I was like, you know what, Let, you know, let's do our best here. Just birdie, birdie, finish. Anything yeah. can happen. You've been watching this tournament forever and you see those guys with the leaderboards where they have like the 15 minute intervals of like 4.15, there's five shot lead, 4.30, it's like two shots. And then five o'clock, there's like four guys tied for the lead. And you're like, what the hell just happened? And so I just it was like, let's just see what happens. Hey, yeah. Obviously, it only ended up being one shot. Yeah, Sunday's at the Master. Let's just go birdie birdie here to end this. Easy. Sorry about that, AJ. What do you got? Hey, what was it like Saturday night trying to go to bed, trying to sleep? Were you renting a house close by? Who did you have in town with you? And what was that also waiting around to be in one of the last groups? That has to be kind of a weird feeling, I would imagine. Yeah, I so Saturday night I was actually because we had the rain delay. I was eating dinner at like ten fifteen. Ah, oh. so because I didn't get back till about nine thirty, and so it was actually kind of a blessing at the same time because I didn't get to bed till like twelve thirty one, but it made me kind of sleep in a little bit till like ten, and kind of the mistake that I made on Saturday was I was up at seven seven thirty and. You know, I'm like waiting around, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, I've already done, you know, it's like, give me that newspaper. I'll do a crossword puzzle. I'm like, what, what, what am I doing? And so I like, I, Saturday was kind of more of a nerve wracking morning than Sunday. Cause Sunday, I, I just, I honestly, I've wanted to be in that position my entire life. And I was like, you know, we've made it this far, you know, you handled yesterday pretty damn well. So. You know, whatever you can go out and shoot seventy-eight today, and you're going to do whatever other twenty-four-year-old's going to do. So, you know, we go go out and you know, like I said, it's kind of the, what my caddy and I joked about was weapons-free boys. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the the, the you're twenty-four. I just learned that as well. Probably should have known that. See, there's a couple things I probably should have known going into this. The other thing I learned in your answer there was you do you eat dinner at ten fifteen. I, I thought. <laughs> I thought dinner that late causes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, I, that's kind of what happens to me. I start oh, yeah. eating later. Mm -hmm. I wake up the next morning. I'm 260. I'm 265. I'm 270. <laughs> you might be one of the most fit humans I've ever seen in my entire life. Are you on a strict diet? Do you, how do you, how do you manage that? It is very impressive to, to see you kind of your, I don't say your body of work, but literally your body of work. It is, you may be the most fit human I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I had after uh, a few beverages on Sunday, I needed oh, something to, uh, you know, kind of soak it up the next morning with uh, the family. So I had cookout and then I had pizza. So this son of a bitch. <laughs> You're eating pizza too, huh? Have you always been like that? Because you have you always, always golf, other sports? How'd you kind of get into it? Uh, baseball, basketball, and golf. Um, I loved pitching. I pitched until I got to high school, and the only thing I could hit was low and away, which. What do you, I mean, it's where a golf ball is. So I was like, you know what the hell is this? I mean, I love pitching, but um, I think that's honestly where I got all the speed from. I mean, even though I'm, you know, pretty wiry and slim, I mean, I'm still top 20 in distance off the tee for the PGA Tour. So wow. hell yeah. it's just like, I mean, there's, trust me, I'm not like Bryson where he's like 
kind of baiting it out there 330 and then all of a sudden you see him go hulk smash and it's like 380 it's like my 330 is like every single pound of me is going after it i need you to start bringing out like the three wood on the tee box have people start to boo it, put it back in there, pull out the driver. That's what DeChambeau's doing now. Whenever you say weapons free boys, that just do you have different strategies for courses? Cause I I as I was I go and I go in stages with golf. You know, I'll play a lot. I feel like I'll get good at golf. I'll start making smarter plays. I'll lay up here. I'll do this. I'll start playing the course for what it is. And then there's times where I'm golfing like once every three months. I'm going out there. I'm hitting the ball as far as I can every fucking time. And let's go ahead and have a good time here. Whenever you talk about weapons free, is it like you're just, you're using a different strategy to the course? And what course have you found is good for the way you play? Yeah, I think, um, like kind of the whole, it was more of like an attitude. Cause the thing about Augusta is it's like, there's some whole, it's very, it kind of goes in waves. Like the second and third hole are pretty easy holes. You can make some birdies. Then four through six is pretty hard. And then seven, eight, nine, you make some birdies. Then 10, 11 are hard. Then 12 through 16, you've got birdies. And then 17, 18 is a tough finish. So it's a lot of like up and down. I think that's why guys love watching it. Um, but I think, you know, it was more of a little bit more of a mindset that last day, but there were a few pins that I probably wouldn't have really fired at on any other day, but I was five or six back and it's like, Hey, you got to take this chance. Like if you're going to go ahead and hit this thing to 30 feet, like par par's not going to help you here. Like we need some birdies, but I think, I think places like that, I think that's why I played well, like in the major so far, it's just because the courses are so much harder and ball striking has always been my forte. So you know, it's like the U.S. Open. I mean, it's like 7,700 yards, six-inch rough. Greens run at like 13. It's like that's perfect for me. Like I hit it farther than a lot of guys, and whenever I hit fairways, I typically hit it closer. So it's like that's kind of <laughs> is this golf? Are we, are we golfing? More, more this, up my alley. Yeah, is this golf or not? Yeah, we're yeah, further and but, closer. Is that what a line? Pat, <laughs> I gotta say, you do have a good move at it. So just keep on shipping Ooh. that thing. Oh, you've yeah. seen you've seen the move. Is that what it's oh, called? Yeah. You've seen the play? Oh yeah, I've seen it. I tried to you know, I tried to putt like Bryson with the arm. I can't fucking putt, Will. I don't know how you guys do it. I have no idea how you do it. If I could figure out the flat stick, I think I could enjoy golf a lot more. You know what I mean? If well, I Darren Williams is a buddy of mine and he played I think in that charity event that you did or the two teams or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I told him, I, I'm not trying to fangirl you here, but I was like, I was like, yeah, I listen to Pat all the time. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's a cool guy, but he doesn't wear shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that has changed. I'm trying to respect yeah. the game uh, a little bit more. That's right. I've learned, allegedly, now I, I have not, out of my own personal research, seen much <laughs> advancement in my play. Allegedly, the grip matters on the ground. So I'm, I was going to like try to be good at golf again because I was at one point, and they told me, well, if you're bare feet, you're really you're you're starting yourself way behind if you do that. I put shoes on, I fucking stunk. Lost eleven hole, uh, eleven balls in eight holes. Will <laughs> eleven balls, eight holes can't do it. What do you got, Connor? Yeah, Willie, I read that you forewent your senior year at Wake Forest. Uh, did you know, like, while you were in college, like, holy shit, I'm gonna you know probably finish second in the masters in 2021 and become a millionaire <laughs> or is this like whole thing kind of like oh holy shit look what i'm doing yeah it's more of the holy shit look what i'm doing because yeah. the my first year as a pro i did a bunch of monday qualifiers and missed all of them then miss q school and then basically i monday qualified my way in in 2019 
to the Corn Ferry Tour. And then last year, I, I just missed my card literally by a shot mm. in 2019. I needed to make – I missed two out, or two out of the last three cuts, but then I had a really good finish in Evansville. And Shut I up. missed the Corn Ferry – or missed our promotion, I guess, off of basically one shot. If I make one of those weekends, um, I end up – you know, I'll just have a decent weekend. I would have gotten my card. So I'm kind of stewing for like three months. Um, you know, the fact that all it took was just one shot and then 2020 hits with COVID and now I've got a four month layoff. And so it's like, dude, I've played three events in the last seven months and it literally came down to one shot. And that's the difference. And I think that kind of just fired me up, but it, I, I left early cause I had a bunch of starts. Um, and, uh, I, honestly didn't do anything with them but it was still a really good experience and you know stuff that i rely on to this day hey how stupid is it that you technically don't have your your pga tour card right now and what? they changed the rules what does that even mean i watched the big well, break you hit it through some <laughs> house you get a cue card you can do the whole thing yeah it's a it's a weird spot to be in but you know like but it's not like they're going to change the rule like mid-season like it is what it is like i have to win to technically be a member right now and to get into the fedex cup playoffs so let's go yeah but put it this way it's like you know i'm in the top 30 in the world but but how many times has a guy come from the corn Ferry tour and been top 30 in the world like the reality is a lot of those guys like colin morikawa victor hovland all those guys, they've won in their first year. And so this situation has never come up. So that's why it's just kind of like, you know, every week it, it kind of frees me up where it's like, I'm locked up for next year. I'm in all the majors until, you know, through, I guess, the Masters of next year. Like finishing second the next 20 weeks in a row means the same thing as finishing 20th. You know, make a hell of a lot more money. But, <laughs> you know, it's like I need to, I need that win. I'm thinking of you and, I mean, Aside from the very low-hanging fruit here of the internet, you, Happy Gilmore hopping in a car, driving to these tournaments, putting the big checks oh, in the back, and then the back. just driving <laughs> to the next one. The guy, not even supposed to be here, just collecting these checks, <laughs> yeah. please, and then try to take him to a big bank where I can get, uh, you know, the big mount. So what do we got, Diggs? Well, so I'm looking at you finished 15th, 22nd, 10th, 21st, and 2nd. So pretty, pretty solid. So your name on your name on the tour now. Is there a, a older player or older players who have taken you in and given you some advice? And do older players or any players, if they miss a cut, on Friday at Augusta, stick around for the weekend. Besides DJ, because he has to hand out the jacket. <laughs> um, I know a lot of past champions hit balls on the weekend. Um, Mike Weir and Bernard Langer were hitting balls on the weekend. Langer, um, my guy Langer. Yeah. Hey, Jay's I played with him Thursday, Friday, and <laughs> I mean, I I was messing with him a little bit because I just absolutely laced one on eight and just straight down when there was like 325 to cover the right marker and I carried it. Woo. And I was like, I was feeling pretty good about myself. And Langer hits three wood to lay up short of the bunker. So I'm spotting him like 120 yards. And I like hit five iron up there and I put it in a bad spot, have a tough up and down, end up making par. Langer goes three wood, three wood, eight iron to a foot and makes birdie. And I walk up on the tee. I'm like, I just spotted you 120 effing yards and you still got me. <laughs> yeah, like, awesome. The guy's 60 plus years old and the guy can still play. Hey, but Gary Player. Gary Player. Hey, Gary Player. I mean, he absolutely smoked that thing. Yeah. You guys, do oh, you all yeah. go to that? Is that? Was everybody that plays in a tournament sitting there at that thing? Well, so 
my tea time was like too close to go watch because it would have screwed up my warm up. But I saw them <clears throat> warming up on the range, and they're like going through a full blown warm up. I mean, these guys are in their 80s, and they're talking about what they're working on. And the story goes that this week that Gary said that he shot 78 a couple weeks ago, and he said it was really frustrated because he's like, man, I think I might have. I, sh- I played my last Masters too soon. Like, I still think there's something in there. And I'm like, that's incredible. <laughs> hey, that's golf, though. Golf, you oh, can yeah. be a 55, 60-year-old champion. That is, with your style of golf, you said you're a long ball hitter and everything like that. Do you, like, are you already planning for a potential 30-year career? Because that is something, you're 24, you're young as hell. Is that something that even crosses your mind, or is it just like, well, let's get a card to be on the tour first before we even think about that. But that is a real thing about golf. Like, I have thought to myself, I could probably do two more careers, retire from them, and still potentially have enough time to get on that senior tour and win some. Golf, you can be 60 years old and still win a goddamn tournament on the weekends. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Romo. I mean, Romo's 40, and he's still... I mean, I play a lot of golf with him at home, but I mean, that guy treats it like an all out job. And I mean, he has no reason to either. I mean, it's like the guy's obviously has a nice little contract and had a nice little career. He's had a pretty rough back and look at him go. I mean, he's out there 10 hours a day. Ty, what do you have? Will, in terms of the money, uh, when you're out there, like, is it tough not to consciously think about that stuff? Like, I mean, I know Shoffley on Sunday lost, like, 660000 bucks by dumping it into the water. Jeez. Like, are you thinking that when you're out there? Like, oh, shit, I just lost, like, 500 k <laughs> Well, the Corn Ferry Tour, I think. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's actually a good point with the Corn Ferry Tour. It's like, a year ago, I was – Thinking, you know, if I made like a forty thousand dollar check on the cord for a tour, I'm like, sweet, I got two, you know, two years of rent out of this. This is great. <laughs> and you know, things have changed a little bit, but I'd say no. I mean, I don't play. That's the thing that's kind of funny is like, it's not our money yet. You know, it, it's like it's not like it's points. This past, yeah, it's not like this past week. You know, it's like I had whatever I made last week. And all of a sudden, if I made a couple of bogeys, you're taking away that, you know, like in Xander's case, $600,000. Like it, if you're out there playing for the money, you know, it makes it a lot harder, especially playing the last few holes. But it's like, you know, I love Kiz's line because it's so brutally honest, but it's so funny where Kiz was saying that, like, look, man, there's just some courses that I just can't contend on. And they asked, well, well then why do you show up? They said, because they pay a lot of money for 20th. <laughs> yes. Hey, by the way, Kiz, Kiz has a good such time. a yeah, such good line. Hey, we saw Kiz have a very good time one night. He's hilarious individual, obviously. Um, I love that guy. Hey, he is. I mean, I think I would, too, from watching. From <laughs> yeah. a, the, he put on a show. <laughs> he did. He put on Him a and his boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were awesome. Um, anybody been a, a douche to you? No, but I think it's been funny that I've gotten, like, 75 Venmo requests for, like, hey, thanks for blowing the Masters or stuff like that. It's like a $100 request. I'm like, right. I was talking about PGA guys, but I, the Internet's going to do that. The, internet, oh, the yeah. Internet's going to so do that. I, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're always going to get the trolls, but the Venmo requests for, like, 100 bucks, like, you know, wait, one shot, really, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is actually really funny. Yeah, it is. But how about PGA guy? Any older golfers that you've met that you were like, uh, oh, not as nice as I potentially thought? Or is there anybody that you met that was, like, incredibly cool that you couldn't have expected? You know, I so I played, I played two rounds with Bubba at 
uh, WGC and I played a practice round with him in the match play. And he is so funny. And I mean, such a good guy. He and Teddy are just total goofballs. I mean, they're, they're out there and they're like, you know, Hey, let's kind of cut this one. You know, let's see how much we can cut this, you know, three iron right here. And, you know, it's like, all right, Teddy up and down for a hot dog. And it's just like, they're totally, you know, screwing around. But the part that's so fun is like, I've met so many guys that are over 40 out here that have given me advice and have been so nice when they didn't have to. And I think that's just part of the kind of fraternity of the tour. Um, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, thankfully no douches, lots of really, really cool guys, especially the older ones that have just been, you know, telling me funny stories and especially from, you know, like back in the day. So did you notice on Sunday, you're probably busy, obviously, and we saw you get busy out there attacking pins and we appreciate it from an entertainment standpoint, but on the grounds, there was a caveman looking human just roaming around aimlessly. He, uh, he lost the group he was with because he tried to go get some sunscreen. And for six hours, he wasn't able to use his phone because you're not allowed to have your phone in there. So he was lost just walking around. Did you sense that on the course at all, that there was a potential <laughs> ape on the loose? Was, that a, was there any, any thought like that? No, I was, I was a little busy. I was uh, trying to make sure that Smart. My pants didn't fall down Smart. or had my zipper up and all that. Smart. Smart. The, did you – yeah, this guy over here, I don't know if you had heard, Will. You've been a little bit busy. He went to the Masters on Sunday. He said he followed you around or whatever. He was following around people all day because his group just left him. And, and I didn't know the Masters was a trip back in time so much. Like he said, no phones, no oh, nothing. Yeah. Is it just – is it much different feeling there than everywhere else? It's obvious like it's the Super Bowl of, of golf. Yeah, because, you know, when you go to tournaments and you hear the guys, you know, screaming mashed potatoes or get it all, you know, off of like a 550-yard par five, like, yeah, they're overserved. You know, guys have their phones <laughs> and they're trying to make memories or whatever. And, like, I, I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's just – it is what it is. But out there, you hear way more clapping than you do at every other tournament because people don't have their phones. So just the, the sounds of hearing more clapping immediately makes everything feel back in time. And, you know, the no phone policy, I mean, there were a couple guys that I or that tried to bring their phones in and they had them confiscated. And, you know, it's just it's just old school. But when you're there as a player and not having your phone and just being able to appreciate everything, it's just it's there's just nothing like it. Hey, so where do you go from here, though? You're obviously in contention, almost win the Masters. Does a regular tournament, are you worried it's going gonna, it's gonna to be boring for you? Like, it's not going to feel like the big stage? Is this the Masters? Or... No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's like being a little tired after last week. But, hey, I'm playing with DJ and Billy Horschel this week, Thursday, Friday. Hey, I mean, Billy. Billy you know, made a name for himself this man. week. And he, two, yeah, I mean, two shoeless golf moments for old Billy Horschel back-to-back down there. Yeah, so, I mean, that'll – you know, it's like, you know, get to go play the number one player in the world the week after the Masters. And it's like, yeah, you think it'd be a little mentally fried, but hell, still giving out the same check they were all the other weeks. And I'm still trying <laughs> to get my PJ Tour card and make that FedEx Cup playoffs. So let's go earn it. All right. Well, good luck. We appreciate you joining us. It was a lot of fun to watch you. I understand middle of the season, very busy time. Good luck this weekend, rest of the season. We appreciate the hell out of you, Will. Oh, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, ladies and gentlemen. Will. Zalatteris. Yeah! <laughs>
So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that we have recently been introduced into the cigar smoking community. Yeah, AJ smokes about 400 cigars a day on the show. Literally. Mm-hmm. Okay, in which an in, hour. Which in turn has led to Diggs becoming a uh, cigar smoker. Mm-hmm. You say yep, you will. I'll babble, yep. But so this cigar smoking community is one that is, you know, I think they're founded on, on a few things. Okay. There's a few pillars of the cigar community. I think that's probably accurate. You want to unwind and relax and take some time away, cigar in the back. Yes, please. You want to keep your energy, keep your attention to something while you're doing it, cigar while you're smoking it. Mm-hmm. You want to have a little bit of a community feel. You go out, smoke a cigar with some friends. Yeah. Maybe on a Zoom call, you cigar Zoom. Maybe mm-hmm. you go out into a restaurant that's open out in public and you and you smoke cigars amongst, uh, amongst the boys. Sure. Why not? The cigar community is one that I've grown a lot of respect for after witnessing it every single day through the eyes of our bird, A.J. Hawk. Absolutely. Always nice being around a cigar aficionado, too. They got, you know, tips and, and, and tricks for you. It's great. And it turns out a place where A.J. spends a lot of his money mm-hmm. for his cigars yeah. is now an official sponsor of the show. Yes! Shout out to Thompson Cigar. Whether you're working from home or just kicking back after a week of being essential, you know? Yeah, I hear you. There's no better way to relax than with a premium cigar. And Thompson Cigar Company has the deals and selection to keep you occupied for hours on end. Almost said occupied. Well, yeah, same deal. You could occupy a happy headspace mm-hmm. with your friends at Thompson Cigar to get away a little bit. Now we're talking. They've got the best prices on the biggest brands in the business from Macanudo to Monte Cristo. Okay, perfect. They have the largest selection of samplers online with the option to build your own every day in Thompson's five-pack fever program, including over 300 different five-pack options to mix and match. Looking to try new, rare, top-rated blends but don't want to splurge on the boxes? Check out Thompson's Cigar Tour, a smattering of five different blends delivered to your doorstep each month. Tone was talking about that. He said it's awesome. Because it's introducing Tone to the entire array of cigars that are possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They also send out insane cigar deals via email daily with personalized email preference options so you can sign up to receive them all or just the days you feel like reading emails. Thompson Cigar Company continues to be the number one choice for premium cigars in the USA because they deliver the very best customer experience. Now we're talking. When I asked uh, AJ about this cigar company, AJ actually said, Oh, I've spent thousands of dollars there. That is great news that they are a part of our operation now. Diggs, the COVID cowboy, who is also a cigar smoker, since seeing our cigar aficionado from the bird's eye view, the AJ Hawk, has also become a cigar smoker. Thompson Cigar has helped you out in this uh, journey, I assume, Diggs? It's awesome. I mean, you order them, they send them, you hang out on the back porch, you relax, you unwind, maybe have a cocktail with a nice little sampler packet. Can't beat Thompson Cigars. You didn't know much about cigars when you got into the cigar game. I did not. But Thompson Cigar has been able to show you, what are they, like thick, smooth? What are they, light? It's like having a uh, a, a wine cavassier. That's not the term. Sommelier. A sommelier. Cigar sommelier for you. Thompson Cigars. Yeah, I'm a mild cigar guy, though. Is that because you're soft? Yes. Doesn't matter. They got them all for you. Yes. Over 300 different mix and match options there 
to learn about all cigars or if you already have a favorite cigar but want some similar ones a la a playlist they will be able to help you out there maybe you'll like this as well they have a variety of options of cigars ain't that right Dix? that is correct Pat. So sit back and take a break from all the craziness with a cigar from Thompson Cigar Company. These guys rarely do offers. Hardly ever. A lot of people have dumped a lot of money into these com- this company. Yeah. But now Thompson is offering listeners of this show 15% off orders of $75 or 20% off orders over $99. Whoa. So you order over 75 bucks, 15%. You add an extra $24 to that thing. 20% off. Somebody will have to do the math to figure out what's your best option. I would assume it's the might as well just go ahead and get the 20% off over $100. We're already here. Let's get a couple uh, more cigars and get 20% off. To take advantage of these incredible savings, simply go to thompsoncigar.com. That's T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-C-I-G-A-R.com and use promo code McAfee when you're ready to check out. The website is thompsoncigar.com, promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, to get a special deal. Shout out to Thompson Cigar. Welcome to the family. I I feel like a lot of people have gotten into cigars or we're getting to the age where cigars happen. Wine happens. Cigar happens. I feel like a lot of us are at that age. Thompson Cigar is here to help you out. I love them. I really do. Thompsoncigar.com, promo code McAfee. Joining us now is a man who actually got AJ Hawk into the gates. Wow. Yeah. Onto the premise mm-hmm. of Augusta this past weekend. Ooh. Legend on the football field and in life, ladies and gentlemen, softball stud. Yeah. Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Hey, boy, Jordy. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We got a couple questions, obviously, about the weekend. Now, we can talk football, and we do appreciate your brain and football and everything like that, and we can't thank you enough for your time here. This past weekend, was there ever a moment on Augusta there when AJ was just kind of lost that you thought to yourself, like, where did AJ go? Or were you just so locked into the Masters you didn't even realize it till about 7, 8 o'clock at night? No, I wonder where he went. I was uh... – I still don't have the answer, I guess, but uh, I waited at the driving range for him to come back, and then I finally gave up and said, I'm sitting at the Masters at a driving range right now. I'm going to go start watching golf. So, like, uh, I think you guys had already talked about, there weren't very many people there, so I assumed we'd run into each other somehow, but come to find out, he sat at two holes that I never walked by. I walked walked 90% of the course, but not the 10% he was sitting at. Well, Jordy, I did walk around a little bit. Did you follow? So we had Will on earlier. Pat can say his last name for you. The guy that got second place. Zalatoris. <laughs> there you go. I followed him for a while. Were you guys near him at all on the back nine? I feel like I followed him for like six or seven holes. <laughs> These guys went together to the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how we didn't run into each other. Um, I watched his last part of it. Um, we were sitting on Amen Corner when they turned um, and came down the back nine. So, um <clears throat> That's where I was sitting for the last part of it. I'd followed Gary Woodland um, to begin with because he's a Kansas kid. So wanted to watch him play some golf. And then, let's see here, then followed Bubba Watson for a little bit. Being a lefty, wanted to watch, you know, an incredible lefty play some golf. Me too, yeah. And then um, what else? Then I think when he got done, Spieth was coming up on nine. And then we jumped and watched Spieth birdie nine, birdie ten. Uh, kind of made a little bit of a run there, but um, I was right yeah, there. I was right there, man. 
story. I was right there. I was with Spieth at that moment. We had to be. We probably could have touched each other. Oh, you guys got those masks so though. You can't see each yeah. other. No phones. You don't even know. Jordy, are you a? That's a shame, by the way. That could have happened. You guys could have maybe. Kind I thought of about just yelling, Jordy. <laughs> he's the only guy named Jordy there. So well, he out. you know, after Spieth hits, you yell, Jordy. You know, you could kind of blend in with Jordan. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe that could have been a moment there. Uh, Jordy, you big golf guy. I did, are you a big golf fan? How's your game? Pretty good. Uh, it's getting better. Um, I, probably, my, I probably play around bogey golf is what I try to shoot. So um, some days it's a little bit better. Some days it's a little bit worse. You love golf, though, yeah? I enjoy playing it, yes. it's uh, I think it's the endless challenge. Um, I don't think you'll ever hit a, you know, play a perfect ground. I think you even listen to the guys on the tour. Um, they'll shoot like 64 and be like, yeah, it could have been better. So um, it's just a challenge and good time to be outside with some friends. Do you think your softball career helps or hurts your golf game? Because I've heard you're top five in the world in softball yep. right now. I think it hurts the softball game or it hurts the golf game. Are you? So I said you're top five softball player in the world, and you did didn't, didn't even you didn't even, yeah, even right. didn't even say anything. Knows. Are you are you an elite? And if you're in Jacksonville, I guess are you on the edge when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to softball? Are you like are you a, that guy on the diamond out there? No, probably not. You love it though, yeah. Play a lot. No, we play. Uh, we don't play as much as we used to. We play in a lot of uh, small town tournaments, co-ed softball. So uh, me and my brother and our wives, my sister, and then some friends. Uh, just ten of us go out there and uh, play in some small town tournaments that um, we kind of. Honestly, grew up watching my parents play in, so it's kind of fun to go back to those small towns and play in the same tournaments that we were kids running around out in the outfield or outside the fence catching home run balls and stuff. AJ, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw a video of Jordy chasing down cows. Yeah, Jordy, what was that? Can you explain it? And also, <laughs> we, we plan on being there next year. Would like to be at that. Okay. Um, yeah, so my brother kind is obviously a rancher, farmer, and... He's gotten into cowboy. what they he's call a ranch rodeos. He's a cowboy? He's a real he's a cowboy? He's a full-blown cowboy, isn't he? How yeah, he's he's a legit cowboy. He's got this type of hat or no? No, he doesn't wear that hat. <laughs> Why no, not? not a cowboy then. Uh, he's a, I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't wear cowboy hats. That he will when he does his rodeo stuff. But Whoa. Like, Whoa. if I were to go out to the Why farm not? right now, he's got a rodeo. baseball cowboy. You better watch it. What he's saying is you're a fugazi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a fugazi. Like I've just, never, I haven't seen his brother ever on the email chain uh, for Cowboys. So. <laughs> uh, so we chase cows. Are we going to do that next year or no? You're more than welcome. I'll let you know when. It's in August. I don't know exactly what weekend yet, but in August. Hey, last year I feel like you teased a uh, potential comeback. Are you still in shape? Are we playing for the Packers next year or what? The NFC Championship two years in a row. Maybe one more, one or two more weapons. We get to the Super Bowl again. Uh, no, I'm not coming back. No, come on. Come on. Do it. Why not? You haven't, got, you haven't got the itch to maybe catch, catch a few more TDs from Raj. He's, yeah. he's playing pretty good right now. He is, but it's I'm probably good. His I, last year I'm with happy the with where too. I'm at. <laughs> I just sent AJ a video of what we were doing last night, so then I'd have to miss out on that stuff. Family? Uh, we burned about probably 600 acres of pasture last night until <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Be careful. Burn it down! <laughs> I mean, is it like you? Does the whole town come out for that? I mean, what is it a is it a festival to burn down six hundred acres? Um, there was probably ten of us. Yeah, a bunch of our friends come out. We're on four wheelers and side by sides with water tanks in the back and um, dragging fire through the pasture and putting it out.
Couldn't do that if you're playing for the Packers. No. <laughs> nah. I probably actually did do it while I was playing for the Packers. But, um, you know, it's off season. But there's other things. No, I'm happy with where I'm at. It's good to be back home. We uh, finally got our house kind of complete and moved in. And, Congrats. You know, on to the next chapter. Hey, Jordy, I know you're dialed in still to everything going on in Green Bay, the front office. You're tight with all of them. When are they going to get this deal done like, and sign A-Rod to an extension? Yeah, like a 10-year yeah. deal. Jordy, out there in Kansas, Jordy. are they reporting to you and then letting us know or what? No. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I, I can't answer any of those questions. <laughs> it's it's mind-blowing sometimes, especially, I mean, when he comes out and has an MVP year um, and um, if they don't want to commit or do whatever they want to do to – I mean, I don't know, show appreciation or whatever it is for him the next few years. Seems like it'd be a pretty easy and simple move that I would say 100%, if not 99.9% of people would agree with. So I don't know where they can't be worried about a backlash or anything. So the business side of the NFL is something if you're in the nfl obviously experience if you're in the nfl long enough you experience it a lot more than everybody and i think with the world we live in i got a chance to talk to channing crowder about this earlier who he literally said like i was only in the nfl to make money like that is the only reason why i was there and some people will scoff at that because it's like you know no love of the game but the nfl they're only in the business to make money as well like that yeah. that's all they're doing as well the business side of it behind the scenes and obviously you moved on from the packers that is something that you can't really fully understand until you're right in middle of it when you are the cow that is being auctioned or talked about well you know could sit on the shelf for a little bit longer has a couple uh nicks here it's not worth this it is a fascinating business to say the least it is and like i like i 100 agree with what you said not only once you're in the business you notice it but the longer you're in it you notice it even more um not only as a player but even my wife experienced it as we were going through different things in green bay not even just being released at the end of my career just different contract negotiations and whatnot. And I actually went in and sat with um, the head contract negotiator with Green Bay when I did my last deal there just because I wanted to experience it. I wanted to hear um, exactly what they were saying and not from my agent because no matter what they said to him, it was going to be portrayed to me in a different manner no, how, no matter how he tried to say it. It's, it's better to hear it straight from them. So um, The horse's mouth, <laughs> cowboy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, though. It's, it's very mind-blowing sometimes. And um, but it's, it's, I guess it's their business. It's Pawn Stars, but with humans involved. Ty, what do you have? Jordy, uh, so have you been able to play as much softball as of late? Like, are things opened up with you? You got tournaments every weekend, or are you, are you just, you know, taking practice swings uh, out yeah. back by the barn? Has Kansas opened up? Are we back? Did we beat COVID over there in Kansas? Um, Kansas is opening up, but the benefit of living in rural America, um, it never really shut down. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, when you're burning like 600 summer, acres. Yeah, sure. No rules. baseball all summer. We played slow pitch softball all summer. Um, not much really changed for us during the summertime. Our kids have been in school all year, starting in August. They haven't missed a day. So um, that's the benefit of living out here in the country. And um, we took advantage of it. Let's make sure we write that down in uh, history books for later. Yeah. Those who live in isolation, pretty good spot when pandemic hits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Just living out in isolation out mm -hmm. there. You no, kind of nowhere. Yeah, because it's hard to get 
you know, COVID, I don't maybe we'll find out later that it does have its own private plane and it can True. go to places without right. the human so. human thing. But that does seem like a, quite an upside to live out in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. What do you have there, Nick? Uh, Jordy, I just want to say you have a really magnificent head of hair right now. Oh, yeah. uh, when you played, you always had this like tight crop buzz cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it because like AJ and Clay were like, we have to have the best hair on the team. You can't do that. You got to cut your hair. <laughs> and Aaron. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get kind of threatened when you walk in the locker room and you see those guys. Um, I understand. So you kind of keep it clean cut and short. Um, I was very low maintenance when I played and didn't want to deal with it. We had a cold spell here in Kansas when, like, Texas locked down with all the freezing. We were negative 15-degree temperature, so I let my hair grow out a little bit. And then we're like, well, there's no better time now to try out my first hairdo at the age of 35. So <laughs> I went and got it done a little bit. So. Well, Jordy, you are – such an interesting guy. So yeah. good at football. Just yeah. the way you've – did you know that two-thirds of guys experience noticeable hair loss by the age of 35, which is what you just said? That's very, very interesting yeah. that happened. What Truly. do you think, Connor? Uh, yeah, Jordy, um, you've known AJ a long time. You know, he smokes 80 cigars a day. He has a bunch of kids. He drives with two feet. He's from He's Ohio. Antisocial. He will leave people whenever you, you don't have a phone. Yeah, he'll go to the Masters alone. So my question for you is, is AJ Hawk the fucking weirdest guy you've ever met? Uh, or is he just kind of another run-of-the-mill guy? Um, not because he wants to be alone, but uh, sometimes his mind goes in different directions that some people can't uh, comprehend. Um, and I don't know if all yeah. that's been portrayed on this show, but... Uh, this is one of the best yes. things about knowing him and Aaron and watching this show is all the little behind the back door, like little puns or jokes that AJ try to like jabs that he takes at Aaron that I'm pretty sure no one else knows unless you've been around the two of them for the last 15 years, um, which makes it even more comical because you can see it on AJ's face when he says it. And you can see it on Aaron's face when he tries to answer the question. They both are on the same page and no one else knows what's going on well that's really good for a show that's being watched (laughs) by a lot of people that potentially weren't with either of them for the last 15 years that time he just put his hands up at the camera and Aaron just shook his head and we had no idea what the hell they were talking about AJ also tried to uh, start a Ryan Phillippe thing yeah Yeah. I mean it was an entire I was when Aaron put his hands up Jordy will know I was referencing his hairy knuckles and hairy hands I always make fun of him for Oh, listen, he's a man out there. You think yeah, he's, hey, do you watch Jeopardy? You a Jeopardy watcher? He is crushing it. And by the way, he's getting <laughs> these last couple games have been Gaming his absolute team. best performances. Uh, to be honest, I have not watched any of his episodes yet. We <laughs> were on vacation for the last 10 days and got back last night. And like I said, been burned past you. So um, I do need to figure <laughs> out how to catch up on all his episodes. But I talked to him before uh, his shows came, I guess, live or showed up on TV after he did um, – the tapings and everything he was super excited about it and shocking to nobody as he said he sat there in the hotel and watched jeopardy all day long to try to figure out how alex trebek like read the questions and transitioned into the next thing like he did a full-blown film study like listening to his tone of his voice and everything so i mean not shocking to me at all that he did that but um yeah i look forward to somehow re-watching them online or something are you a normal jeopardy watcher no, if I do, I get like one question right, maybe, if I'm lucky. So it's not really that enticing to, to watch. I know whenever you're bailing hay and stuff, it's tough to watch Jeopardy every single night because, you know, the sun is still up. So what That's are we right. doing? Yeah. Are we working yeah. or not? Uh, I am a Jeopardy watcher, though. And all the other guest hosts, you could tell that they were probably told, like, hey, don't. 
don't try to be like Trebek, kind of put your own spin on it or whatever. And it kind of seemed a bit clunky or whatever. Aaron went in there and was like, uh, we have a blueprint for who's the best host of this show of all time. I'm gonna go ahead and be this guy and still put my own spin on it. He has been the most smooth host of this whole thing. Now he said he wouldn't retire to do it at least yet or whatever. So I don't know how they're gonna figure that out, but I hope he gets the gig full time somehow. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I think that'd be something that obviously he would really enjoy doing and it'd be kind of crazy to see. That'd be one heck of a transition from football to Jeopardy host. Jordan, do you watch movies or anything? Or are you just out there in the farm all day? I don't watch much for movies. Uh, if it's if it's if I'm watching something, it's probably either football or college basketball or golf, and that's about it. But for the most part, we're outside doing something. Do you know Carson Wentz? Yes. You guys might be the same people. I'm not. A, <laughs> not a, I, I, I've never met somebody. Listen, I played at West Virginia. Know a lot of farmers. Okay, got a chance to meet a lot of farmers. Got a chance to go experience the farm life and everything like that. But I feel like Jordy and I've only got a chance to chat with you a couple times here when you so graciously give us your time out in the middle of the day when you could be, you know, potentially feeding the chickens or whatever the hell's going on out there. The, it feels like you are very okay with being completely like distance from everything were you always like that like as a player and how do you know what's going on out there or was it just like you didn't really care it didn't matter because it was just kind of out of your world no we're very comfortable being back here in kansas um like in the middle of nowhere some people would say um i said earlier we don't need the big city we don't need the fancy food or restaurants or hotels or anything um i don't know i like i like the simple life so it definitely um fits us well when i got into the nfl it was a little bit different for me a lot of i don't know Ed, you remember this or not but one of our trainers always jokes that like the first couple of years i would never talk and i was super quiet and just kind of kept to myself and everything until i get more and more comfortable with you so uh it's just i don't know when you're born and raised out here this is kind of where you want to be and then obviously i have three kids and i don't want them to grow up to be spoiled brats so they got to work <laughs> Put him on a farm, dude. Hell yeah. Hey, go tackle some cows and tie them up. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need Absolutely. to get on that horse. You're a good horse rider, huh? You're very good on, on the back of a horse? I wouldn't say very good. I can manage it. I can rope a little bit. Um, I can be productive, but definitely not a, not a, not a pro about it. Are you going to get on one when you come out here, or are you going to be a little nervous? No chance of me getting on a horse. AJ got one on one. Yeah. I can, I hey, we can got help a great you picture. I helped him out. No, yeah, Jordy, we should show you this picture, Pat. I, got, I was on a horse a couple years ago, and Jordy was had the lead and was leading me because I couldn't ride it by myself. That's what I'm saying. You, you can't trust these things, okay? These big-ass dogs, okay? They got the power <laughs> to do whatever the hell they want. Girl in our high school got paralyzed from a horse because somebody honked on the way by. Oh, jeez. So I'm like, well, I know what I'm never doing, and it's that particular thing. The My fact, cousin, yeah. Yeah, people just hop on. Yeah, Diggs was related. People hop on the back of wild horses. Do you do that out there? Not wild horses. These are trained horses. I got four nieces that all ride horses. They do little rodeos, and they're... 10 and under. Oh, what are you saying? Okay, I don't... Listen, relax, okay? I heard what you... Just a challenge. Yeah, I just heard you there, okay? (laughs) Maybe a bull. I'll get on a bull. Ooh. Why would you you get on a bull rather than a horse? That makes zero sense. (laughs) Let me tell you why. (laughs) Okay, because a horse, the expected outcome is a positive one. 
You know, so if I get up there and something bad happens, it's like, look at this guy. Can't even ride a horse. There's, I got four nieces who's less than 10 years old. You hop on a bull, everybody knows it's ending bad. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it's ending bad. So I know it's ending bad. Everybody knows it's ending bad. There's no real expectation. There's no, like, I'm not going to be able to sleep because of how bad I was on the horse when there's 10-year-old nieces of Jordy Nelson that are able to hop over thing. With the bull, I'm just going in there and I'm trying to get eight seconds, you know, so I can get that belt buckle out there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, that actually somewhat makes sense. You're just playing, everything's going to be a positive coming out of that. No negative there. Bingo. Unless I, you know. Yeah. yeah. Unless, you're, unless you're dead. Okay. Let I mean, that's the, that's the negative that can come out of it. I mean, yeah. Risk yeah. reward. What do you want? It just depends on what, how you look at it. Is there like chill bulls or are they all pretty pissed off? Um, we could, we could get you on a chill one. We can make it look real scary. So people uh, do bull ride out where you're from. Yeah. Do what? There is bull riding out where you're from on a regular basis. That's like something the boys do. Like, Hey, one go shoot hoops. Not nah, nah, go no, ride a bull. Let's, let's go bull ride. No, there's no, what do you mean? You'd go to a rodeo to ride a bull. You don't just hop on a bull for fun. How do they practice? Probably on some machine. Oh, see, I'm big anti those machine things. Yeah, yeah. Freaking... I am too. Those are that's not realistic at all. Oh, so you've rode a bull? No, but I just tell like they control it. So that's yeah, a creepy the joystick, guy. They do a good job mm -hmm. of like slowly, you know, guiding you in there, yeah. making you feel good, and then they could dump you in two seconds. Getting the rocks off while they're doing it. Yeah, some weird drunk guy in the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. wait till you see what nice. this is. Hey, cool. bang! Right in the face to the back of the bull. <laughs> Jordy, thank you for your time, man. I can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the best, dude. So I got you. You're you on your. You guys bring your own team for the rodeo, or are you you on my team? Well, I I feel like I would be. Quite we need to be on your team. No, 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 AJ. We do not want to be on his team. What yeah. is your team? Jo what, hey, what? bro, Jordy's the fastest guy within like 150 miles of that area. Yes, we need him on our team. Probably far than that. I would assume it, my at least a thousand within, miles. Uh, yeah, easily the state probably. So what do we do? We're we, We'd be on a team. We wear the same uniforms. We just chase down cows. What are we doing? So what I sent AJ the video of, so there's three people on a team. Last year, it was me, a buddy, and my niece. And then uh, they put, like, say, 10 steers with lead ropes on them, halters and ropes on them. Diggs, don't you have say, to run uh -huh. down. He doesn't know. What does that mean? <laughs> the cowboy just said, aha, uh -huh, there. So he could be documented as... On the record of saying, uh -huh. what does that mean? What did you just say there? What? Ten <laughs> the steer? Ten steer, spears? Steers. Steer. So a steer. Oh, boy. This is going to get AJ all on the wrong side here. So a steer is a bull without nuts. What happened? You get rid of Cast the nuts so they can't breed cows. And you cut cut them out. Oh, so spayed or neutered. Exactly. Your dog's Bob Barker's been saying it a long time. So we got a, we got a nutless bull okay, who's been spayed or neutered. There's how many of them? Depending on how many teams are in there, there's probably about 10 of them running around in the pen. And we're trying to run and jump on their backs? You grab the lead rope that, so they have a halter like on their face and then a rope that comes off. So like you could actually lead them around if they were really tame. And then you have to catch one and walk it to a circle. And you, before you get in the circle though, one of your teammates has to be on the back of the bull or the steer. Okay, so that would be me. You guys will catch. I'll do the fly jump on the back thigh, and I'll just hold on. I mean, yeah, if oh. you want. He didn't watch the video, obviously, Jordy. No, I, I can tell. What do you mean? I watched. I seen a bunch of people run, a bunch of cows yeah. moving. What are we talking about? What did I see? Right. Is that the person that gets? Yep. You just have, yeah. It was, 
We'll explain it when you get here. You'll see it. We'll, re- we'll watch film before we go. Smart, like Aaron did for Jeopardy. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jordy Nelson. Yeah! Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. The fact you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I am eternally grateful for. The boys bust their ass. You guys listen. We all say dumb things. This is a nice little community, a beautiful family that has been created, and I can't thank you enough. I have to get on the road. I will be back. We will have a show manana. It will be big. Be a friend. Tell a friend, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel people into this beautiful Wednesday night. <laughs>